You just can't make your championshipness up. It, it has to be held responsibly in something that could usher it through life's minefield. Welcome to the What Up Doc University podcast, your number one resource for total body wellness. Here's your host, Dr. Mike. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the What Up Doc University podcast. It's Dr. Mike, and I got a special guest for you guys. And uh, gosh, it, it's it's such an honor to have this guy on the show. Uh, he's been a mentor of mine for many years. And uh, and those of you who have uh, been in my practice, you guys have uh, already witnessed what some of the stuff that he's passed on and, and taught me. Um, and today, he's actually going to he's gonna speak directly to you guys. Um, about a couple things, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the, you know, and obviously the, the things that you guys got to experience in the office, but more so on on the mindset. And um, it's Dr. Jeff Spencer. And Dr. Jeff Spencer, he's one of the top chiropractic innovators of the past few decades and a former Olympic athlete. Uh, he's worked with millions of people around the world and some of the top elite athletes in the world. And, and that was really what... What got me going, especially when I was in chiropractic school, I wanted to work with athletes and and do all of that stuff. And he was the guy. He was the guy that that you know we had to model ourselves after. And he's also the founder of the Champions Blueprint because he surrounded himself with so many athletes, elite top performers around the world, and him himself being an elite top performer. Um, and he has so much information to pass on. So it's great to have you today, Dr. Jeff. Well, it is such a pleasure, and thanks again for the privilege of being here. Can't wait. Oh, yeah. So let's dive right in. Um, let me start with this. Uh, one, it's great to have you on the show, and you know, and it's it, it, guys. We have a legend in our presence here. Tell us about your tell us about your background, huh? And you know how you got into one where you started, how you got into becoming such a competitive athlete, and then uh, take us take us on the journey. Oh, great. Well, thanks. Well, when I was seven years old, I was a very industrious kid, and I used to get up every morning, probably around five o'clock or so, whatever it was. It was dark outside, and everybody else was sleeping, and I'd get up, and I'd take my little baseball bat and my softball. I'd go out in the street and softball up and down the street just by myself, and you know, anything that involved athletics, uh, I was 100% in, but I also had this incredible uh, appetite for understanding the Olympics, and I had an aspiration to be an Olympian, but the sport kind of didn't matter. I just thought the coolest thing ever would be to have been someone that marched in the Olympic parade into the stadium uh, on the day of the opening ceremonies. But one of the things that, that I thought was very curious is that the, in watching the Olympics, it's like the biggest and the baddest didn't always win. And the people on paper that looked like they should win didn't. And I thought that was very curious. I wasn't sure why that was, but it happened with such predictability that I, I knew that there was something behind that. And then um, <clears throat> when I was 13, I competed in my first uh, cycling national championship. And a year after that, my parents got divorced. And it's the last time I saw my dad. And we went on uh, welfare. Um, I found out 30 years later that my dad, who was an artistic and design genius, literally uh, died homeless on the streets in New York City. So I realized, well, here's another part of the puzzle. It's like will and talent that should take us to the promised land don't. And because mm -hmm. my dad had plenty of will, plenty of talent. Had great technique and his technology didn't save him. So I realized that there's something here, and it's not about just will and talent. That's necessary, of course, but that's not a, a guarantee of anything. So 
the silver lining to that dark clouds that I had just amazing mentors come into my life from all walks of life, business, sports, stage, life itself that shared with me their secrets on how they became iconic. And I saw the pattern again in that they didn't have the best pedigrees, but yet they were always first in line to grab the brass ring when it showed up. And the other people with the pedigrees were still scratching their head. And I realized from what they shared with me um, that did allow me to become an Olympian. I was a cyclist and I owed everything to them to, you know, for that achievement. And I also went to USC and uh, got a master's degree in sports science. And then I went on to chiropractic college, which I'll talk about in a second here. But the, the point is, is that the distinction that I saw that made the difference between those who can and those who uh, can and don't and those who can and do. <clears throat> it's not about well and talent. It's about a unique state of readiness to really be able to convert pivotal moments into successes that carry momentum forward. And the person that does that the best is the person that creates the best legacy. And they also are able to manifest their, their champion dreams and, uh, not succumb to the problems that most people fall victim to, and they don't really lose time or momentum. So that really became the kind of key driving force uh, for me. And because I was an Olympian and because he had a master's degree in sports science, people were very curious about the whole concept of performance. So people from business and sport and health came to me and wanted to know, well, how do I actually become my own champion? And so I was, you know, well equipped to help support that ambition, but also got asked questions about health and wellness, um, also injury prevention and management. So I decided to go back to chiropractic college, which I did. And uh, so I've been kind of in practice for like 28 years, so to speak. And um, that was an instrumental part of my having three pillars that really made me kind of like an expert in the performance space. And we're not talking just about sports. I mean, even though I was Olympian, mm-hmm. uh, I spend actually more time in the business world than I do in the sports world, actually. So it's a little bit of a misnomer uh, to say that all I do is work with athletes because I don't. I, I work with, you know, over 45-plus world and Olympic Tour de France champions, yeah, mm-hmm. but it was really about, you know, them as people, about developing the readiness for the pivotal moments to be a standout in their discipline exactly the same way that I felt chiropractors, healthcare professionals, you know, actors, parents, uh, fathers, husbands develop the same level of readiness to create lives of distinction and meaning and purpose. So um, what I did realize in working with people and the skill that I developed because of my broad scope of experience and knowledge and understanding is that um, I wasn't just an expert in a coach or a mentor sense, meaning that I didn't just understand the detail that had to go right to be able to perform a certain skill at a certain time, like you might find from a business coach or let's say a health coach or something like that, where they see a narrow slice of the pie rather than the bigger picture. Yeah. Um, You know, a mentor is someone that kind of holds your hand down the path to the promised land, but it's still only part of your life. It's not the whole thing. So whether it's a coach or a mentor, they only see a slice of your life and they're a specialist in that slice. But because of my experience, full spectrum uh, at the top of the performance game and being a, a, almost a scientist of the, the body from my experience in chiropractic and being a sports scientist, um, I really understood what it really takes to get to the top and stay there um, in any discipline because it's really about how we show up. And it's not 
just about mindset, meaning that you can't positively think your way to someplace where you don't have the skill to perform at. Right, right. You know, a lot of people think, well, if I just do my mantras, I think good thoughts and I get into abundance thinking, then I'm going to have a great life. And, you know, there's not a very good track record for that because like my dad, there's a lot of people with will and talent to try hard that really cannot connect the dots to be able to develop their potential to live a life that they know they're capable of and, and leave a legacy distinction. So, you know, with, with that, the, the path then took me through a very successful chiropractic career where I was a sports chiropractor of the year in 2004, which is a, a great honor uh, on many levels. And I'm passionate about the profession. And then what I did see and kind of where my kind of current focuses right now is that having helped people in all disciplines uh, develop the readiness for the pivotal moments that enabled them to, uh, again, achieve their, their their champion goals and to be able to avoid the common problems that take most out of the game without losing time and momentum, that I realized that the common thread that ran through all of these people were eight different steps that they went through that developed the capacity or the ability to perform in a certain way. And that was readiness for those pivotal moments. And uh, so when we talk about pivotal moment, let me maybe explain that as like a pivotal moment is really one of those uh, moments in time where everything's on the line. Hmm. It's where there is an opportunity for incredible um, uh, elevation in oneself and just a, a tremendous achievement. But it's also on the other side of that, it's a moment where a person could dramatically uh, plummet from wherever they are to the depths of despair. You know, that's yeah. what pivotal moments are about. And, and these are things that you can't hold back. They're just there, you know, and sometimes they show up unannounced. More often than not, they do. And it's like they can't be avoided. And whatever choice that you make to engage them, it can't be taken back. And it's going to live kind of in your permanent record, in your legacy forever. So, again, the distinction for me is a certain, you know, level of readiness and the eight steps that I saw that virtually every person that created a, a legacy and a life of distinction, which means that we're all qualified to do that, by the way, if they went through these eight steps and developed a skill and developed that readiness, then they could create a life of distinction and meaning. And, and, and that's kind of what my life is geared towards right now. I continue to do, do seminars and support and, and, and do my uh, coaching. It's not really coaching in a classic sense. It's really cornerman coaching where we're looking at a person's entire life and we're crafting the path from where they are to their bigger future, you know, through the eyes of the champion's blueprint. And, and since the champion's blueprint is an historic model, it, it, it's based on the truth of what history tells us. So it's highly accurate. It's the one thing that's never let me down. And uh, you know, my, my driving force Mike, behind this kind of pilgrimage and rampage that I'm on is that, you know, my dad's um, untimely and premature demise and death, dying homeless on the streets of New York City as a genius was, uh, was obviously painful for me, mm. but it, it also was something that's preventable. Like dreams are predictable and nightmares are preventable, but... Mm -hmm. You have to have a structure that you hold your life in that allows you to negotiate life itself that's more than just dreams. It's holding dreams responsibly to move forward. And that's really what my life focus is really uh, about, like right now. Yeah. So yeah. hope that gives you kind of, uh, where I've been and, and how I got to where I am. Wow. You, you mentioned a lot about um, readiness. 
Yes. And uh, I know a lot of my mentors told me that sometimes opportunity comes in the most inopportune time and the most inopportune way. And the difference between, you know, those who succeed and those who don't is how they approach, the, you know, that, that opportunity and whether or not they step forward into it. Well, that's right. Yeah, well, that, that is precisely right. And for me, um, history shows us that very specific sets of circumstances or patterns in life that are predictable, uh, if we let those patterns run themselves to completion, it'll take us off a cliff. Hmm. And yet there's always a principle that you can apply to the pattern that history shows us that will neutralize the pattern and allow us allow us to carry our positive momentum forward, ultimately to uh, achieve the goals that we set before ourselves. So really, as I said, my dad was preventable, and that's the tragedy, but he was missing two things. It's like, again, his will and talent didn't save him. It's not going to save any of us. And like our technique and our uh, technology, likewise, at a certain point, isn't going to make the distinction between a great or a non-great life. It's really about us and how we uh, how we engage it. So, for me, uh, the Champion Blueprint really is an essential uh, tool that everybody needs to have. Because if I can take Mike and I can say, "Well, Mike, you know, you're in step four here." Mm-hmm. And step four means that there are these patterns that history tells us that. If you happen to be running, they're going to take you off a cliff. But since we know, and if we can't identify them, we can then neutralize them by applying the right principle. And we only need to do the one or two things that have to go right to move forward. Then you're always going to be moving your life forward towards your bigger future. And if I can name the step that you're in, like let's say step four, and we know that step five is coming, it's sequential because history tells us that and we understand it then we also know it's coming, so we're never taken by surprise. And in my experience, tells me that most people, they're guessing at life, they don't know where they are, they don't really know what to do, but they're on survival mode, just kind of lumping from day to day or, or week to week, but yet there's kind of no overall uh, vessel that life's process is held in. So your, your uh, mentors were 100% right, and, and from my perspective, if you have the readiness for the moments. And if you have the readiness, you can actually see the moments in advance because you're actually expecting them both good Mm. and bad. And you're not taken by surprise because you know what to do. And and that's what I'm all about. And that's the thing that would have saved my dad's life so that we could have experienced his amazing genius. And he could have developed a life around that and see that manifest and mature into what it could have been instead of what it did become. You're so right, man. You know, I, I, like I, I deal with a lot of people regardless if it's health related or not. I know I, I deal with a lot of entrepreneurs. Um, and and one of the questions I always get asked is, can everyone be successful? Can everyone be a champion? What's your take on that? Well, 100%. So let, let's start by defining champion. <clears throat> you know, a, a champion in this sense uh, is someone that has the readiness for the pivotal moments to be able to achieve their, their champion goals mm. and do that without falling victim to the common problems that take people out of the game without losing time and momentum. That's what a champion is. So it's not about sport. It's not about business. It's about everything. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really, uh, again, like non-denominational hmm. and you really becoming a, a champion with that in that definition and being successful. It's really the application of a structure is what it is. 
it's it's not positive thinking it's not blind ambition it's it's a structure that uh, our dreams are held in to responsibly move them forward to mature in the manifestation so yeah there's a hundred percent Every one of us has that capability, but you can't make it up, and you can't just guess at it. And, and and let me also say this, and everybody, you know, turn up the volume on this because I want you to hear what I'm going to say here, is that the, the revelation that I've had is that the common success mantra that I call the gap model doesn't work, meaning that you dream really big and you make your dreams as big as possible. And if you want it bad enough and you work hard, you've got a great plan, you're going to close the gap to achieve your goal. There's nothing that you can't get to. And that is absolutely not true. <laughs> History absolutely does not support the gap model as a void because the gap is not a void. And if you look at it as a void, it becomes a vacuum that sucks a bunch of garbage. People places some things into it that just clog the path that make movement impossible. And that's where most people live their life. They're stuck. They're on a hamster wheel on a merry-go-round so really for me yeah you got to have big dreams no question about it and you also have to have a great plan you have to have well of course you do but the gap it's not a gap it's not a void it's a it's an active living breathing space that holds your dream and if it's held responsibly and this is where the eight steps of the champion blueprint live and, and let me explain the difference between the readiness model, meaning that if you have a big dream and you've got a great plan and you've got a lot of will and ambition and you're really willing to work hard, you've got to have the readiness to be able to do the action steps to move that forward. Mm -hmm. That's called the readiness model that closes the gap. But if you follow the gap model is a void, meaning that if you work hard, you're going to close it. It doesn't deliver. It never has. And it basically, it never will. So with, with that, being said, it's really important that we use our energy and our time efficiently. So if the champion blueprint and its eight steps live in the so-called gap, but it's like, let me clean the extinction here. It's like the, the traditional model, the gap model is a void. That's like a GPS. And so it shows us where the destination is, which is our dream. Mm -hmm. It also shows us our starting point, which is our plan. Uh, our will and our talent and our ambition and our energy that we bring to the, to, to, the, to the equation. And the assumption is that if we work hard enough to plan in and of itself can do everything necessary to close the gap, which is the analogy as a GPS. You know, when you turn the GPS on, you program in the destination and you program in the start point, And then you see the path there, turn right, turn left. And that would be the equivalent of what the plan's supposed to do to guarantee that we actually get to the finish line. But th there's a problem with that. And the problem is this, is that it doesn't show us the live traffic patterns on the path. It doesn't show us by Doppler radar what the weather is. Mm. It doesn't show us the perspective of a local that lives in the area on the street that we should be driving on who would say, well, don't turn right here. I know what the GPS says, but did you know that the road's closed and there's a cliff there? Hmm. So don't take it. You know, let me show you as the local here in real time what we need to do to move this forward. And so, like, that's like a Waze app. You know, it shows you live traffic patterns. And that's what the Champions Blueprint is. It's like a Waze app because it allows you in real time to read the terrain of where you are and make the decisions and apply the one to two things that have to go right to move your process forward 
towards goal manifestation. So, you know, that to me is, is the biggest revelation of all. And you just can't make your championshipness up. It, it has to be held responsibly in something that could usher it through life's minefield, which my dad couldn't and none of us can. So, yeah, every one of us can become a champion because every one of us, look, here's the deal, Mike. It's like, in my mind, gosh, I get so excited about this, is that there's mm-hmm. only one Mike and only one Jeff in all the creation. Yeah. As there is just only one of everybody. Mm-hmm. And that uniquely qualifies us to do something extraordinary. We just need to connect our talent with what that is. And we need to hold that what that is responsibly within uh, a vessel that allows us to move through life's debris. Because it's more likely that our inability to handle life is going to take us out of the game, like it did my dad, than a technical discipline in our specialty. And so to me, that's, that's the missing link. And yet there's plenty of programs out there that, that talk about achievement, talk about goal setting, talk about creating a great plan. That's great. But again, that's a GPS model. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where, where is the Waze app that controls the path so that we actually can gain traction to move forward? And that's what the Champion Blueprint's all about. And that, that's why it's unique among all the programs out there, because it, it very efficiently allows us to hold that dream responsibly so we can be confident that it will move forward. And the evidence of that is, is that every day we can check in with ourselves and we know what to do. We're not guessing. So, anyhow, yes, we can all become our own champions. Yeah, I love that, man. Let, let's dive right into yeah. Champion's Blueprint. Let's yep, take, take us through take us through the Champion's Blueprint. Uh, take us through the different stages. Great. Well, there's eight steps in sequence of the Champion's Blueprint, and history has revealed this to me. Nobody taught it. You know, history is a great teacher, and history doesn't lie. So, step number one is legacy. Well, why do we start with legacy? Well, we start with legacy because uh, legacy allows us, when it's created up front, to really decide on our current trajectory how it is that our life's going to end. If we don't like the way it's going to end, then we have time to change it. So it ends being what it is that we want it to be uh, through the eyes of what our dream is. And having a strong legacy is important because it gives us the integrity by which we can evaluate whether or not each of our opportunities, each moment should be taken action on because it does take us towards our bigger legacy and our bigger future. So it creates a coherence in the system. Mm. It's the place that we always start. Without that level of rudder, then we're basically guessing. Step number two is vision. And when I talk about vision, I'm talking about what is it and how are we going to see ourselves, and what is the impact of achieving our goal going to have on us and other people in a bigger sense? That's what a vision is. A vision is not a goal. A vision is through my senses, how do I see myself? How do I hear my language change from achieving my goal? How is it that I speak to people different through the achievement of my goal? What does it feel like to have that level of responsibility? What is it that other people will see about me that calls them to a higher game in a belief that they can actually have a life of distinction as well? That's what vision is. And and why vision is important is because it gives us clarity. And that clarity gives us an emotive force and gives us a purpose that allows us to get up each and every day with passion because we know exactly where our life is headed and we know exactly the benefit and value that's going to bring to us people. Uh, Step number three is mindset. And when I talk about mindset, I'm not talking about positive thinking or 180 IQ. I'm talking about, can we really do what's necessary and handle what we're going to have to deal with 
in, its, in aspiring and achieving our goal. Can we really do that? For example, uh, a friend of mine uh, had a chance to go on tour with Usher. I said, well, let's take a look at this. You have the mindset to do it. It's going to be nine months on the road, different hotel every night. You're going to be away from your family for nine months. Uh, you're going to get tired. You're going to get fatigued. It's going to be backbiting. And uh, there are going to be times where you're going to get blamed for stuff unfairly. Mm-hmm. There are going to be times where people uh, don't show up and they said they would. And I just want you to know, are you really, do you have the mindset to be able to deal with this stuff? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, then don't even say yes to it. We're still deciding whether you should actually engage this possibility. That's what I'm talking about. So when we look at mindset through that lens, it really empowers us to either say yes or no. And it's going to take courage either way. And with that courage, then it gives us a conviction about the accuracy of a full disclosure accepting or a dismissing of an opportunity. And that's why mindset is step number three. So if you don't have a legacy, don't even try to go after your goal because it isn't going to work. If you don't have a vision, then don't do it either because you're not going to have any emotive force to be able to push yourself through tough circumstances. If you don't have a mindset to do it, then don't start because don't, you know, use up uh, precious uh, resources if you're not certain whether you can do it or not. And then the the final uh, step in the first half of the champion blueprint, which is where we're preparing and we're deciding whether or not we actually should pursue our goal, is called inventory. And this is where we take a look at ourselves and we say, well, do I really have the personal skills and the knowledge to do this? And do I have the material need- assets, meaning time, space, team, equipment, et cetera, to do this? Because if I don't have the inventory to pursue my goal, then don't do it. Because I'm going to use up whatever resources I have prematurely. I'm going to stalk and I'm never going to get to the goal. So let me just sort of make sure that I got all this stuff. So what you can see in those first four steps, it's really a vetting as to the readiness and the preparation to be able to engage your goal. And if it's not, then you kind of stop and you make sure that you do get ready before you start. So then step number five is where you kind of push the ignition button. and Now you're pursuing your goal. And that's where you're now for the first time engaging the reality of what the process is moment by moment, Mm -hmm. dealing with people, places, and things. And this is where you're developing the perseverance. And this is a key point here is that when you first begin your process towards your goal, don't make getting to the goal your first ambition because Mm -hmm. it's too big of a jump too quickly. You may talk yourself out of it because you believe that since you're not getting there fast enough, it's a bad plan or you can't do it. And that's not true. It just means that the ambition and the goal is correct, but you just want a little bit too much too quick. Mm-hmm. So really, when you first start the process where you go live for real, you've gone from rubber bullets and preparation to live ammo when you're in the performance side of this, is that you want to make sure that your first target is your breakout performance. And what I mean by that is where you perform for the first time at the level required to be able to achieve your goal. So let's say that you're uh, an athlete. This would be where the first time, let's say you're performing in a regional competition, mm-hmm where you actually perform better than someone that performs at the national level and you have aspirations to be national champion. Okay, well, so for the first time you beat somebody that plays at that level. So now you know that the time and the effort is real and you know that you can do it. It doesn't mean that you're there yet. You're still just a one-act wonder. Hmm. But the breakout performance tells you that you can actually do it and it also tells you that the the, the plan that you have is working – and that you have the ability to do it. So that's step number five. Once you've had your breakout, that's where you move into step number six, 
in performance, and <clears throat> and that's called elevation. And when I talk about elevation, that's where you take your breakout performance and you refine it and you duplicate it enough times where you own the technical process. You own it and you're so good at it, you actually can't get the performance wrong. And when you can't get it wrong, that's when you're performing at the top in line with your goal. But here's the deal is that that's only step six. So when you achieve the goal for the first time, that's only at nine o'clock because goal achievement in the champion blueprint model and reaching the top is only nine o'clock. There's two steps above that. There's mastery. And then there's also champion. Mm. So when you get to the top and let's say, okay, Mike's got the practice of his dreams. He's performing at the highest level of his discipline or in line with his ambitions. Then once we've got to that point, the question is, well, how do you stay there? Mm-hmm. Very Which important. Second half. And yeah. most people, once they get there, it's a lot easier in a certain sense to get there than to stay there. So step number seven is once you reach the top, that's called adaptation. So how do you adapt to the pressures and the external forces that you're going to have to deal with to yeah. perform there because the dynamics are going to change and you're going to have to deal with people. You're going to have to deal uh, with uh, money. You're going to have to deal with bigger, more impactful, higher risk, higher fall opportunities you're going to have to deal with people that all of a sudden where your friends aren't your friends because they're jealous of the sure. fact how successful. And a lot of people aren't ready for that. And so when they get to that top achievement level and they can't adapt to the top because they can't adapt to the external forces that they've got to learn to deal with, then unfortunately more people than not can't handle it. So they drop back down to a comfort level zone and unfortunately they forfeit their bigger future in doing that. So step number seven is where you learn to adapt to the external forces at the top, which is really about kind of you against the universe, so to speak. Uh, And when you match that with the technical skill that it took to get to the top, then you've actually mastered the process. Mm -hmm. And that would be somebody like, let's say you two that, is able to cut like a, you know, a platinum album every uh, year because mm-hmm. they've learned the skill of success. They can deal with the external stuff. They know that's coming and they've mastered their technical craft. But now there's another step above that. And this is the final step in the champion's blueprint called the wave. And what I mean by the wave is, is that the people at the top, they're very selective about what it is that they engage in And they don't go after every opportunity. They only go after the big opportunities that have high reward to add to their legacy. Because once you get to the top, there's one problem. It's called success intoxication. And a lot of people, once they get to the top, and you've seen them, we've read about them in the newspapers. We scratch our heads and we say, well, I don't understand. This person had everything. Why did they do that stupid thing? Sure. Well, because they they succumbed to success intoxication. They, They could not help themselves the, the seductiveness of, of too much too soon or not enough uh, maturity to be able to handle the temptations takes them out of the game and, and again it kind of took my dad out of the game too but again if if he had had the blueprint he would have been the best of the best of all time and he would have written himself into the history books like all of us sort of can in our own way but unfortunately he and other people cannot run success intoxication because our human nature just can't resist it. But if we know that it's coming and we have the readiness to prepare for it, when it shows up, we know what to do to be able to ride the success wave and add more number and higher magnitudes of success to our legacy. 
without succumbing to success intoxication. So when a person, and these are really internal forces that we got to deal with. So uh, if a person has learned to get to the top technically, so they own their discipline and their product where they can't get it wrong, and they've adapted to the external forces outside themselves that uh, can easily take them out of the game in terms of people, places, and things, and have they uh, mastered the internal battle with self and the trappings that come with success, then they have truly become their own champion that has the readiness for the pivotal moments to be able to achieve their champion goals without succumbing to the uh, problems that take most people out of the game. And they do this without losing time and momentum. So that's the champion's blueprint. And it is literally uh, one of the most important revelations of all time because it answers the question of what is it that we need to do to be able to responsibly grow and build into our bigger future and create a life of distinction and leave a legacy that will be our case study for others to observe on how we did it and the map that they can use to apply to their own life so that they can become their own champions. Wow. That So, I mean, you've basically, o- over time, you know, you've saw all these high-performance humans that, and you've distilled this information of what yeah. made them successful. Right. Now, in your observation, when you've when you've run into you know from the top performing athletes and business people versus you know the commoner, um, you know, do you see the same things that I see? Where you know you have a lot of people, the majority that they're just comfortable. They're living in this land of mediocrity, and they're just like, well, you know, I I had dreams of doing that, but you know, it's, a, it's a default. Yeah, yeah. yeah but it's a total default because. They don't have a plan that can hold their dreams responsibly. And it's like, again, the mantra of having big dreams and wanting it bad enough and having a great plan and how to close the gap, it never delivers. It it doesn't deliver. It it doesn't. It never has and it never will. And and the the problem with that is that a lot of the programs out there that teach that, they set people up to believe that it's real and it's not. And they think, well, since I'm stalled here, the problem is me. It's not the program. So they give up. So I see this all the time, and that, that, that's part of my rampage. It's like, no, it's, it's because the model can't deliver is really what it is. So, yeah, I, I think mediocrity is the default, but it's like, look, every one of us, in my view, I, I'm only speaking from my experience, is that we all have a champion nature. Mm-hmm. Every one of us has a burning desire to create a life of meaning and distinction. And why do I say that? Well, I've never met a person that can wait to get up and fail. I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it. Very true. So there, there is something within us that wants to make a difference. I mean, why do people get the spawn then? You know, why do people numb themselves from reality? Because they know they're capable of more. They just can't get there, right? Yeah. It's like you can't make it up. And so, again, unless dreams are held in reality, then then you're stuck in mediocrity. Yeah. Because because you can't mentally mantra or think your way beyond the skill that you don't have. Mm -hmm. And you can't take on the whole world all at once. And that's why the champion blueprint, we can say, okay, you know, Mike, you're, you're in step number two vision. It's like, you know, I know you own a company, but it's not going anywhere yet because you just don't have a strong enough vision to see how this is going to impact you and other people. So let's take some time to kind of get that straight so that we can then recapture that momentum and then move on to, to the next step and carry momentum forward. So mediocrity is a choice, but it's also a default. Yeah. And I think our culture doesn't, doesn't teach the real stuff that's necessary to make our dreams real. Yeah. It's all about better thinking, wanting, wanting a bad enough, following the secret and all that stuff. The secret is, is that that the secret isn't enough, really. <laughs> Never has been. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I see a lot of people who they have that burning desire. They have that goal. So they they start something, whether it be an exercise program, weight loss program, uh, a brand new business launching or whatever. And the initial stages, the honeymoon stages, right? They get all excited, yeah. right? And then they go through it. And then all of a sudden, honeymoon stages goes away. And then yeah. you see real life. And they hit that either wall or they crash and burn yeah. or they hit a rut, yeah, it's all predictable too. It's all predictable, and what it's you, like, yeah. What do you yeah. recommend for that person who's hit the hit the wall, crashed and burned? Well, first off, if they had had the champion blueprint, they would have known all that was coming, and they would have had the vision to avoid that mm-hmm. first and foremost. So, again, just to, to say anybody that's interested, uh, my website is uh, drjeffspencer.com, D-R-J-E-F-F-S-B-E-N-C-E-R.com for more information on that. But to also say that. Um, you know, if you've hit a wall, then obviously what you're doing isn't working. And I would suggest that you you spend time with people that um, have been successful at those things that you want to be successful in, and you see what they do. And you spend time with them to understand what it is that they did is is is, is a starting point. And don't try to don't try to fight your way out of this yourself because it's unlikely that you're going to be able to do that. It's 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 almost impossible to believe that you're going to be able to do that. So. Uh, no one can fight this battle alone. So, you know, first off, find somebody that you can emulate and spend time with. Mm. And then um, there's also the coach and mentor option, but by far the most important uh, person on the team, from my perspective, is the corner man. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, the corner man sees the bigger picture that can really help thread the needle of what has to happen for you as as a person to be able to gain acceleration and move forward and, you know, and don't accept mediocrity is enough because it's not, you know, that, 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 that's a block. That's a stall life. That's an indication that a person doesn't have the readiness for the pivotal moments. That's really what that is. Yeah. Now, one, uh, one of the, um, athletes that I always followed, um, you, you've, you've got to work with him, Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a lot of people, obviously they know his story. They know how he was, you know, he was at the top of his game and then everything kind of fell apart and then he's getting a lot of flack right now where they're saying he's never going to come back whatever night and outside of all the the personal hoopla that was going on i still look at him and i'm like he still has it he still has that mindset of of winning uh what's your take on what what's going on with him or where he's at right now well, I appreciate it. Look, you know, I guess another thing I want to say is that, you know, we don't change much from day to day. Our perception itself does, but mm-hmm. but our, our capacity really doesn't. So I agree with you that, you know, we still got it, but but obviously he's not ready for these pivotal moments. And also to say that, you know, Tiger's demise uh, w- w- was also preventable in my view. Mm. And my question was, well, where were the people that should have known that this was coming? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we can't leave it up to someone that's never been down this path before to always know what's coming. Yeah. But so, you know, to me, where were the advisors that uh, knew of all of these possibilities that were speaking about this in the formative years so that became part of the regular conversation? So, you know, I think a lot of fault needs to to be uh, pointed in that direction as well. But I don't think... You're talking about preparation, right? Uh a hundred percent. Yeah. It's yeah. like, well, where, where was it? Where was that? Where's the corner man? Huh? The coach isn't going to tell you that he's going to help you develop a better swing. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, but the swing didn't take him out of the game. It was, is his ability for the readiness for the pivotal moments that took him down 
to mm-hmm. intercept those to carry momentum forward. So where was that plan? Yeah. It wasn't there. There was no plan because it wasn't even acknowledged or looked at because there was no forward vision future, uh, you know, vision on this thing. I mean, if you would have been my client at that time, I would have said, look, here's the deal. It's like, we're here right now. And you just need to know that this is what's coming. And we need to be aware of that. So when it shows up, we're ready for it. And we don't step off the cliff. What do you say? And we mm. carry momentum forward. Yeah. And again, most of these things are 100% preventable. I mean, Lance was probably preventable also. Mm-hmm. He had a blind ambition to get to the top. Yeah, he got to the top, but he never thought about legacy. Yeah. Which right now is about as low as it can go. So that's why legacy is step number one in the champion's blueprint. So again, without this level of structure, then you're guessing and you're making decisions on now. And you're making decisions solely on the aspiration of getting to the top. And getting to the top, again, in the champion's blueprint, that's only 9 o'clock. There's two steps above that, which is mastery and which is also champion. And that's where you manage the external forces that you've got to deal with when you're at the top. And it also is managing you as a human with the temptations that are going to be there. And unless we have a strategy for that in advance, because we know it's coming and history has already told us what that is, then you become a predictable victim. And you know, then you live a life of what could have been like my dad did. Mm-hmm. And so again, yeah, I think Tiger can make it back, but I don't think he can make it back through traditional methods and means because they're not set up for that. That's part of how he got there. Mm-hmm. And so without a new pair of eyes that responsibly holds this and focuses on the one or two things that have to go right, then it's more likely that the uh, hamster wheel will continue. Yeah. It's tragic, but, but yet it was also preventable. It's tragic. Yeah. Now, one of my favorite athletes is Derek Jeter, and you just retired last year. And, and I look at everything that you're seeing, and I look at his career and his life, uh, <laughs> and he follows the blueprint, you know, almost to a T. Uh, and, um, and his success and all that kind of stuff. And then now I look at my the other guy. I'm, I'm a huge Yankees fan. Yes, and, cool. and I look at the other guy uh, standing right beside him, Alex Rodriguez. And I look at all the things that the, I guess the steps that he missed, you know, what's, what's your take on that? It's exactly the same thing. It's a hundred percent preventable. Mm-hmm. My question was where, where is the corner man? Yeah. It's only because history already tells us what it is, you know? So, so again, had we had the blueprint for him, we could have been talk we could have been talking about all of this stuff in advance. So there were no surprises, but it's like, if you don't have the ability to know, what history tells us about the future as far as where we are and where we're headed, then you, you're doomed to repeat history, which most people did. And, and he did, <laughs> but again, it was, it was preventable and it's tragic. Yeah. And so my lesson is, you know, that I take home from this that I learned is that, you know, if you, if you follow your emotions and what seems right, well then don't, don't plan on having the best life possible because what seems right at the time often delivers very poorly and it uh, dramatically impacts on the downside. That pivotal moment negatively impacts on the downside. Yeah. So, so essentially, yeah. essentially, what you're saying is that you can never become a champion in isolation. It's not possible. No one wins alone. It's not possible because unless unless you have the clairvoyance to see the future through the <laughs> eyes of history yeah. and know the pitfalls that you will encounter, whether you think you're going to or not you're going to encounter them. And if you're not ready for them, then you're going to step off the cliff. That's just the way it is. And so without, obviously uh, without a team and without your advisors, without your coaches, your mentors, and without the corner man, especially the, the corner man is the clairvoyant because there's nothing that you can't talk to him about. 
he's been around long enough. He's got enough scar tissue where he really understands processes and he really understands, you know, if we can locate where you are, then we know what's coming, which again is what the champions movement's all about. Because if I could say, well, okay, you know, Mike, you're here in adaptation, or I could say, Tiger, you're in adaptation. Now you won all these majors and now you're uh, the huge spotlight person. Um, you're going to have to adapt to these external forces. Otherwise they're going to take you out. So this is the way we're going to do it. But we have that conversation before he gets there. Yeah. So when it shows up, we kind of know what to do because we've already talked about it. So if we're left to our own devices and we're left to public opinion, uh, which isn't really insightful, quite honestly, mm-hmm. then unfortunately we're going to most likely live a life of mediocrity. It's just the way it is only because that's what history tells us. And if we continue to respond to life, uh, through ways that have not proven themselves to uh, gain acceleration and, and circumvent the, the problems that are preventable, then you can't avoid them. It's not possible. You hit the nail on the head, my man. That's Uncle Jeff so, knows. Yeah, Uncle Jeff knows. <laughs> Jeff that's knows. right. <laughs> so you're you're holding workshops, right? Yeah, I am. Yep. When's that? Where can people get the information? Yeah. You can tell us the website, and then when when's your next upcoming workshop? I appreciate that. Well, the Champion Blueprint Workshop is the next one's going to be on June 5th through the 7th. It's a three-day workshop. It'll be in Pasadena, California. And for more information about that and to also look at the agenda that we'll be covering and the topics that we'll be covering on each of the three days, people can please go to www.drjeffspencer.com forward slash workshop. And uh, doctor is DR. So it's www.dr. J-E-F-F-S-P-E-N-C-E-R.com forward slash workshop. And they'll get everything that they need to know and to uh, sign up um, for the newsletter and uh, the updates uh, that I do periodically in the blog. Uh, please go to drjeffspencher.com and just kind of enter your email uh, address in the opt-in box there and you'll be on our mailing list. So thanks again, Mike. I really yeah. appreciate that yeah, uh, uh, amazing I'm, opportunity to be able to kind of have this level of dialogue. It's just just delightful. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the agenda. I mean, this is <laughs> this is life changing, guys. You know, I mean, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, this, literally life changing because I mean, I I, I guess ninety percent of the world is kind of walking around blind, right? You know, we're yeah, just doing generous, it on our own. It's a generous uh, percentage, right? Yeah. But if you look at it in in uh, I guess hunter gatherer societies, the successful ones is the ones that surround themselves with a team. They knew where the predators were, they knew where the potholes were, yep. and that's how they made it from point A to point B, and not getting eaten alive by the tigers and all that kind of stuff. And that's it, right? It's, it's, the pivot, it's, it's the readiness for the pivotal moments. Yeah, so I'm meaning just, that I know what's coming and I'm ready for it, and I know how to carry momentum. Yeah, I mean, that's the name of the game. It's all about pivotal moments. So, guys, take advantage. Invest in yourself. You know, take advantage of the workshop because I mean, to be to to sit at the feet of of Dr. Jeff is is an amazing thing uh, that you know we're very fortunate to have. Um, let me uh, let's end with a couple things. Uh, one, what's your uh, favorite book you would recommend to our listeners? Um, what what what's that book? Uh, well, it, it's it's being written. It's called The Champion's Blueprint. Um, Ooh, nice. <laughs> the, the, the book's coming, but uh, to uh, to, the, to to say this, there's a book called The Rise of Superman um, by a friend of mine, Stephen Kotler, um, who's an amazing guy. The Rise of Superman, and it talks about peak performance and how you create that. And it's more from a, 
action sport perspective, but he mm-hmm. talks very eloquently mm-hmm. about the biology of peak performance. And I think people would find that just an amazing read because um, Stephen's a very eloquent writer. So mm-hmm. The Rise of Superman, Stephen Collar. Nice. And then what's uh, one last tip that you'd like to leave with our listeners for total body health and wellness? Oh, gosh, that's there's only one choice, and that's regular, proactive, chiropractic wellness visits. <laughs> it's a no-brainer. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'm going to, to mine today. <laughs> yeah. yeah to get ahead of the game. You know, there by the time whatever shows up, it's too late. Just get out in front of the game and don't, outrun, don't try to outrun the blind spots and, you know, find the misalignments and uh, make sure that you get uh, adjusted on a regular basis just to enable the body to do what it does best, which is to get and keep itself well. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people in our society don't view that as an important thing we wait till what we wait till the last moment right when everything's falling apart (laughs) twice as much 10 times as long to get over it (laughs) yeah but uh exactly so it's been a great call dr jeff i mean so much much information here uh all all the stuff that we talked about guys is going to be in the show notes all the links and and all that kind of stuff um looking forward to the workshop and looking forward to seeing what else uh you know you guys oh you got out you know in in the forefront Thank you very much. I'll keep you posted, Mike. Thanks again for the amazing opportunity. Be well, everybody. There's always room at the top for the best.